Do you know what? I love Christmas Eve. Are you all excited? Yes! Only one more sleep to go, just a few hours away. Some of you are feeling very smug and comfortable because you had all your presents and stockings wrapped up before December even began. Hands up, who was really, really ahead of the game this year? Anyone want to own up to Oh, look at that. I can believe that. Yeah, yeah, ahead of the game. <laughs> Everyone else was just running around this afternoon, weren't they? Just trying to desperately get those last-minute things. We actually had to go into town. Anyway, it's so good to see you guys here for this wonderful celebration of Christmas. So good to take time out and to reflect again in all the busyness and the preparation what all this is about, what all this is about. And over this Christmas season as a church, we've been looking at uh, these well-loved Christmas carols and looking at the truth contained in their words. Today, we're going to look at the song we've just sung The first Noel. I don't know about you, but certain carols really make me feel Christmassy. Oh, come all ye faithful is one of them. I immediately feel, yep, this is it. The Christmas season has started. And the first Noel is another. But you know what? Singing carols is more than just helping us to feel Christmassy. I don't know if you, you picked up, but uh, just recently, there's a new uh, Christmas album that's come out of carols um, written for atheists. So this, I, I'm sure it's beautiful music and really well done. But what this uh, musician has done is she's taken these well-loved carols and taken any reference of Jesus or any religious connotation out of them. And she was being interviewed on Premier Radio. Um, Glenn Shrivener, who's, uh, who's an amazing poet and writer, wonderful way with words, was, was kind of uh, was interviewing her. And he was saying, what are you celebrating then if you take Jesus out of the carols? And, she's, and she said, well, we're celebrating celebration. We're, we're celebrating coming together. I mean, there's lots of good in that, you know, celebrating coming together and singing together, celebrating family, celebrating the good that's in us, celebrating celebration. And, and Glenn very graciously said, trouble for me is when I look into myself, there's not actually that much to celebrate about. Actually, it, it's, it feels a little bit dark in there. And, and if I'm really honest, although spending time is, with family is lovely, a lot of the time family is when the problems start at Christmas. You know, we get to Boxing Day and it's like, we've survived. We don't have to do that for another year. Often family, it, it's, it's not necessarily something to celebrate in many people's experience. And there's an awful lot of pressure when the source of celebration is you. He said it, you know, I hope you don't take offense, but it feels like there's this beautifully wrapped Christmas present. Everything's there, the bows and everything, and you open it up and it's empty. For us, Christmas and singing Christmas carols, it's all about the truth that's contained in their words. These carols are full of truth that remind us 
why Christmas is a season of hope and of peace and of incredible joy. So we're going to look at the first Noel. You know, I always thought this carol was, was French. Hands up who thought this carol was French. Mainly, oh, am I the only one? Mainly because I thought, well, thank you. Because that, you know, Noel is French for Christmas, isn't it? But actually it was written around the 16th century in England. And, and thanks to the Norman Conquest, we, we apparently inherited a lot of French words. Uh, Noel was one of them. And that's why you often see it anglicized with a N-O-W-E-L-L sometimes. It's been anglicized. But it was, as we've just sung, it, it's a story. It tells the story of Christmas. It tells the story of the shepherds and of the kings. And there's this repeated line, born is the king of Israel. And in the few moments we have this evening, I'm going to draw out three truths that really speak to me from this carol. The first one is that Jesus is a king for the outcast. Verse 1, the first Noel, the angels did say, was to Bethlehem's shepherds in fields as they lay, in fields where they lay, keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep. In Palestine at this time, it was a pretty raw deal to be a shepherd. They were absolutely bottom of the rung of their social ladder. You know, they, they suffered the same disdain as tax collectors, yet had none of the financial perks. You know, okay, tax collectors were hated, but at least they got some backhanders, you know. Shepherds got none of that. They were just despised by society. They weren't even allowed to be witnesses in a court of law. Why? Well, you're a shepherd, you can't be trusted. They were deeply despised. In fact, there's a document at that time that has an entry stating, this is, this is a legal document, no one should ever feel ob- obligated to rescue a shepherd who has fallen into a pit. It's nice, isn't it? Charming. They were thought of as such second-class citizens that they weren't worthy of even being saved if they fell into a pit. And yet, it was to these marginalized despised outcasts of society that God chose to reveal his good news of great joy. You know, the courts at the time may not have trusted them to be witnesses, but God trusted them with the most precious news of all. The King of Kings, God's one and only Son has come. God in human form, fully God, yet fully human. It's difficult to get your head round. But he has arrived, as we've been singing about, to take away the sin of the world. He had come to save them and all mankind. I love that. I love the fact that Jesus himself identifies with the lowly, with the rejected, with the marginalized. He describes himself as the good shepherd who lays his life down for his sheep. This Christmas, as you think about God's choice of who he wanted at his birth, you know, not many of us get a choice of who we want at our birth. Not many of us get a choice of our parents. God did. And he chose 
He chose to show love and mercy and worth to these shepherds. So as you think about that, have a think about how you too can show that same value and love and worth to the marginalized in our society. Maybe you feel a little bit marginalized yourself. Maybe you feel kind of rejected, a bit of an outcast. The good news of Christmas is that there is a king for you. There is a king who loves you so much, he was prepared to leave the splendor of heaven and enter our darkness and mess and identify himself with the lowest of the low. He is a king for the outcast. Secondly, this this carol reminds us that he is a king for the seeker. Verse 2, then wise men came from a country far, looked up and saw a guiding star. They traveled on by day and by night to reach the place where Jesus lay. You know, we, we don't know an awful lot about these wise men or magi, to use the, the term that Matthew uses in his gospel. There's a, there's a bit of mystery surrounding them. You know, we've all seen them in nativity, haven't we, wearing crowns, but it was kind of unlikely that they were actually kings themselves. They might have been. Most historians suggest they were Medes from Persia, and they would have been incredibly influential dignitaries. They would have been skilled in astronomy. They were wise. They were were rulers and lawmakers, very influential in their culture quite often kingmakers. In other words, not a lot happened without their say-so. Such was their influence. But one thing is very certain. We know that they were searching for truth. They were looking for truth. They heard rumors about this king of Israel. They, They weren't from the Jewish tradition. They were pagans. They worshiped other gods, but they were seeking They sought in the scriptures. They sought the stars. They were looking. And what I love about this is that God loves people who are earnestly seeking truth. God loves it when people seek truth. And he continues to guide people today. Those who are seeking truth, those who are seeking him, he continues to guide people today. And yet, as we've been singing about again, when these deeply intelligent, dignified, wealthy, respected people find this baby, they don't go coochie-coo, they get on their knees in the dirt, bow down, humble themselves and worship him. That, That doesn't make sense. That's not normal, is it? At Bethlehem, they entered in on bended knee, they worshipped him and offered there in his presence their gold and myrrh and frankincense. That is kind of unusual. But what they saw was not simply a baby, but the king of kings and one who was prepared to humble himself, one who came to serve and not be served. Philippians 2 shed some light on this. says from verse 6, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. 
and been found in appearance as a man, even a baby. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, the the whole theme of Matthew's gospel is to declare that Jesus is is the king. You know, and, and he, in his recount of the Christmas story, he doesn't even mention the shepherds. He doesn't even mention the manger. What he chooses to talk about is how God drew a bunch of, of kingmakers all the way from Persia to acknowledge the kingship of Jesus. I find that amazing. Declaring he is king. And this Christmas is an invitation to those who are truly seeking not to miss the king in the manger. You know, God uses all sorts of ways to communicate to us. It's not very often a star. Quite often it's through other people. Maybe it's even through a carol service. Maybe God is speaking to you even now. If he is, can I encourage you not to miss the truth that this most humble servant of all came as King of kings and Lord of lords. He is God with us. In Jesus, God drew near to us so that we could draw near to him. Those wise men didn't miss it. And you know what? The promise is, if you seek, you will find. That is the the wise men's testimony. Thirdly and finally, this carol reminds us that Jesus is also king for everybody. Then let us all with one accord sing praises to our heavenly Lord. For Christ has our salvation wrought, and with his blood mankind has brought. Noel, Noel, born is the king of Israel. He's called the king of Israel because for centuries it had been prophesied that out of the people of Israel from the line of David, a Messiah, a saviour would Come, we we read even read one of those prophecies from Isaiah nine this this uh, in this service, but he is also a king for everyone. God's promise was that out of Israel would come a blessing for the nations. He is a king for everyone. When the angels met the shepherds in Luke two ten. The angel said, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people, to all people. What is this good news of great joy? Well, this carol tells us, for Christ has our salvation wrought, and with his blood mankind has brought. Jesus came to pay the price for your and my sin. You know, there's, there's a deeper significance of the shepherds being chosen first with this news. 
Because in the fields that surrounded Bethlehem, those were the fields that reared the sheep, the lambs that were to be used for sacrifice in the temple. For generations, the firstborn male sheep without blemish from those very fields would have been literally wrapped in cloth and presented, sold to the, te- to the temple to be sacrificed to atone for the people's sins. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. How fitting that when God broke into history, he chose those people, that location, to declare, to to reveal that the baby that they would find wrapped in clothes, wrapped in cloths, would be one day called the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. How fitting for those shepherds to hear that one day this baby would die for the sins of the world. And the difference is this would be a once and for all, never to be repeated, nothing to add, sacrifice for every sin, past, present, and future. He paid that price so that we could know freedom from sin and friendship with God. What a gift. What an incredible package of love in that manger. No wonder the angels called it good news of great joy. And it's for all people. So this Christmas, let's take comfort in the fact that we have a king who is on the throne, ruling and reigning, totally sovereign, totally in charge. And despite how dark this world seems, and man, it seems really dark at times, he is still the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never and will never overcome this light. He's a king for the outcast. He's a king for the seeker. He is the king for everyone who calls on his name. And his name is Jesus. Let's stand. Let's worship him. We're going to finish this service by singing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.